questions haunt every life, writes Andy Crouch. The first, what are we meant to be? The second, why are we so far from what we're meant to be? Welcome to Restoring the Soul. I'm Michael John Cusick, and this is the podcast that helps you close the gap between what you're meant to be and what keeps you from being all that. And today, I'm talking with not one, but two good friends. First, Tony Anderson, who I've interviewed before on the podcast, but Tony is a sonic architect, a composer, and executive producer of the Heart of Man movie. And second, Kevin Triplett, who is a veteran of the U.S. Army and a retired SWAT team and law enforcement officer. And these men, in addition to being good friends of mine, have two things in common. First, their stories were both prominently featured in the movie The Heart of Man, which in September debuted in over 700 theaters around the country. It's a powerful cinematic retelling of the prodigal son story, along with uh, featured conversations and storytelling. By the way, you can now download the Heart of Man movie on iTunes, as well as purchase the DVD or stream or download the movie on Amazon, as well as buy the six-week curriculum guide that goes along with the Heart of Man. So, I said there were two things in common, and first, they were featured in the movie, but second... And this is where I met these guys. Both Kevin Triplett and Tony Anderson participated in the second-ever Surfing for God weekend intensive in Colorado back in 2013. In this conversation, both Kevin and Tony share their stories, including how the Surfing for God weekend changed their lives and how it was the catalyst for the stories that were told in the Heart of Man movie. And this is a great conversation to listen in on if you are struggling with porn addiction or sexually compulsive behavior of any kind, because as these men boldly and uh, brutally honest share their stories, you will hear how both of these men were in some pretty deep and dark places and how they found hope and a way out through the Surfing for God weekend. So let's jump in and listen to this special podcast with Tony Anderson and Kevin Triplett on Restoring the Soul. So hey everybody, today I am talking with two men, two brothers in Christ that have become dear friends. I'm talking with Tony Anderson, who is one of the executive producers of the Heart of Man movie, as well as the composer of the music for that. I'm also talking with Kevin Triplett. And uh, both of these men were prominently featured in the movie, and I'm talking with them today just about that movie and about the Surfing for God weekend intensive. So first, I want to ask either one of you just jump in. In the Heart of Man movie, you were both so incredibly open and authentic with your stories and some pretty broken stories that led to great redemption. But why did you choose to share your stories of sexual brokenness, your greatest shame and failure with the whole world in this movie? Wow. Well, uh, Kevin, you go first. Yeah. You're the one who did it. You know, I've seen the movie probably six times now, and every time I see it, I, I'm affected by it. I mean, I, I know certain parts are coming up. I'm saying I'm going to hold it together, and I end up losing it. And uh, it's just that powerful, and I'm, and I'm in it. It's like... I don't know what it is about it, but for me, 
making decisions here, you know, people have, guys particularly have, have said, man, that's, man, that, that's courage. That shows a lot of courage. And I, I really don't see it that way. I think it's more of a, a an absence of, of shame. Because when, when you don't have that shame, you stop caring about what people think. And I think I've said this to you before, Michael. I, mean, I found my identity that weekend, uh, you know, on, on the mountain there in Colorado at, at Surfing for God's Retreat. And uh, when you know who you are, uh, it doesn't matter what people think about you. So that was, that was a big thing for me. Well, wow. Kevin, I got to attend the premiere of the movie in Hollywood, uh, Tony and Jason Pamer, uh, the director, were gracious enough to give me the honor of being there. And I got to sit next to you and your wife and share popcorn, and it was so moving. I mean, I had chills to see you guys there together as a couple and to sit next to you and just to hear about the redemption. So thanks for sharing that. Tony, what about you? Why did you, quote, go public with your story in, in such a, a prominent and exposing way? Well, you know, I wasn't going to move forward with the film before I came to your intensive in 2013. Uh, I was actually getting ready to shut the whole thing down. Um, I, I hadn't met Kevin yet. I met him later that weekend, and um, you and I had chatted. But, you know, what Kevin said is key. He shared his story without the essence of shame driving it. And I was able to do that, too. And so I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think we did this for any other reason than, than we knew, and I'm talking about, you know, Jason, Jens, and I, and I know Kevin's involved in that, too. We knew that uh, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. It's a bridge. Um, anytime I'm, I'm sharing strengths and, you know, wins in my life, it's creating competition. And anytime I'm opening up and being as vulnerable as possible, um, men have an opportunity to connect with that. It leads them somewhere. And uh, so it's not like teaching. You know, with, with teaching, a lot of us can get hung up on little myopic points. Like, oh, I don't agree with that, and I'm offended by that. But when someone just shares their story, you're kind of left there to go, well, I either enter into it or I don't. I either enter into my story or I don't. And uh, we knew if we were going to do this film, it could not be teaching-based. It had to be a real-life experience shared. It had to be a brutal, gut-level on it, something that almost felt gut-wrenching at times. And um, I wanted to do that. I wanted to start my life and start my marriage with Brooke and start my relationships when I came back from your weekend that way. So, Tony, in the movie, I mean, there's so many powerful things about the movie from everyone in it to how it was produced to the cinematography and, of course, the music that you composed. Um, you share in the movie this, this story about a vision that you had of being in prison. Will you take a minute and share that story because it's so powerful, especially in related to shame. Yeah, it's funny. You know, my, my charismatic friends are like, yeah, the vision. I think everyone else is like, what? You know, was he smoking something? Did he drink too much? But can assure you that was not the case. And it was actually back in 2012, I had an opportunity to preach at a church. Now, I don't know why a church invites a young, uh, porn-addicted millennial to come preach, but they did. And I said yes. It was after that weekend that I just binged and fell back into the cycle uh, pretty heavily. I was alone at my office and actually just slept there that night. I didn't even want to go home because the roommates that I had, I knew they would ask me spiritually deep questions. Have you been in the Word? <laughs> How did preaching go? And I, I just didn't want to go, hey, I just looked at a ton of porn. Would you guys leave me alone? 
I went into this little room at the uh, office that I had and just closed the door and I just started weeping. I think that was the breaking point for me where I had to acknowledge that uh, what was coming out of my mouth uh, was so totally different from what uh, was ex what, what was happening in me, what I was experiencing, the, the hatred I felt for myself, the hypocrisy. And unsolicited, I really did have a vision uh, where something came over my senses and I was in a different place. That's the best way to say it. And I was in prison. Uh, I remember I was in the cafeteria in prison wearing my prison clothes and I was eating terrible prison food. Uh, anyone who's been in prison understands how bad the food is. It is not Michelin rated. It's very bad. And uh, I was there alone. I was um, by myself. No one would let me sit at their table. Um, and Jesus actually uh, appeared in, in that scene with me. And he was standing in front of me, and he had uh, prison clothing on just like me, which was very disorienting. You know, I expected him to be free, you know, wearing a Bethel music hoodie or something like that, but he was wearing prison clothing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, he, he has his tray, and he, he asked me, can I sit with you? And I said, you want to eat with me? You know, you want to eat with me again? And uh, he sat down and he said, I will eat with you anytime you want. Um, and also, the door to this place is open all the time, and you can leave whenever you want. And it ended. And it said everything I had hoped my heart would always hear from him, and it said it uh, purely with imagery. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard that story many times in the movie, and I've heard it from you before, and I still get chills when I hear that. Hey, Kevin, back to you. You talked about how your friends say you're so courageous, and you said it's not really about that. It's about speaking uh, into the shame and bringing the shame into the light. And I remember on that weekend how powerful that was for you to have that shame lifted off. And I, I want to ask you, you had pretty recently come uh, out of affairs and that had all been exposed to your wife, and you were really, really raw. I want to specifically ask not what happened on the weekend, but how did that weekend change your life as you move forward, even today, both personally and in your marriage? Okay. Um, you know, first off, Tony, I just I just want to tell you, man, I don't know how many times guys uh, have come up to me and have mentioned that that part of the movie specifically that that, that just rocked them, man. It's uh, it's powerful. Yeah. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> come on. Come on. Uh, you know, as far as the, the weekend, I remember that weekend you looking at me, and after after me just saying a few words uh, about you know a little bit of my story, and you telling me you you know Kevin you you dealing with I don't know exactly what said you, you something to the effect of ethnic shame, and that resonated with me like jeez uh, I don't know like an eighteen inch wolf man just just on both sides of my head I mean it, it just it was right there. Through that, Christ was able to change me and tell me who I was. Mm -hmm. So once that happened, you know, and, and you know, how did that how did that affect my marriage, you know, my life, um, my soul? Uh, when that happened, I was able to accept who I was, and I didn't have to go out seeking, you know, affirmation and acceptance and appreciation and, and acknowledgement, uh, adoration from from other women, other people, or through other things. 
So that, that, that was the whole key. Once I knew who I was and that I was okay being uh, a, a black man, you know, that was, that was good. That's who God created me to be. Once I, 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 I was able to accept that and know that life changed, you know, me, you know, having more, more melanin in, in, in my skin, that was no accident. Once I knew that, that I was, I was, I was made perfect just as I am with flaws, you know, gaps in my teeth, you know, uh, losing my hair, big feet and everything. I was like, okay, I don't need to go out seeking that through other people or things, you know, bikes, cars, beer houses, you know, and I was just okay being in my skin, literally. Mm, yeah. So this idea that, you know, we've talked so much about that all of us as men have brokenness and we try all kinds of different ways to mask it and to cover it up, uh, but we, we can't do that. And most of the time it's shame that we're trying to cover up and, and Jesus actually invites us to bring the shame to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kevin, one, one final question, um, and that is, how did it impact your marriage? Because you guys are, are, are married today, and I saw your wife in the movie and got to meet her for the first time in Hollywood, and there's a picture of your whole family there in the movie, and that was part of what gave me chills is, you know, when we don't press into our brokenness and seek the healing that's below the waterline, um, there are consequences to that. Families don't stay together, and, and, and generations forward pay. So tell me a little bit about what it was like to, to come back and re-engage and for you guys to heal. You know, people say, there's, there's guys that will say, you know, man, that was, that was courage. But, you know, I, and I, it was particularly one time we were walking out of the theater after seeing the movie the second time, and uh, there were a group of people, and that was mentioned. And I, I point over to my wife and said, "No, that that's courage. That's courage to sit there in a movie and uh, next to me and have our whole life spilled out, you know, the garbage, everything, and to uh, tell me to sit up, you know, sit up straight, you know, as I begin to slouch down. That that to me was courage. And to yeah. have a woman like that, and to, man, just." That whole weekend, and to be there sitting there with you, Michael, it was uh, that that was amazing um, because I, it, it, everything came full circle in that night. I think in your in your book, Surfing for God, you mentioned a part where you did something with your son. I think it was snowmobiling, and you said, "Now this is living." And uh, a couple weeks ago, my granddaughters were over; they're ten and five, and uh, I was tired. I was going to take a nap before work. So I went and laid down, and Elena, she hadn't seen me all day, so she laid down next to me to take a nap. My two granddaughters came down, came in, and they laid on top of me to take a nap with me. And I looked up the ceiling, and I thought, this is living. And I, it occurred to me that this doesn't happen if I'm not there that weekend. You know, I know God is sovereign, and he has a plan, a perfect plan, and that was part of it. But if I don't go, I don't find that identity, you know, and... You know, my marriage basically crumbles. It, 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 it's dissolved. Because at the time, I was we were separated six months, and Elena had no intentions of, of getting back together with me. I mean, this was the the last of many affairs, and uh, the third separation over a 26 year period, 27 year period. We've been married 32 years now. And, Congratulations! Uh, thank you. And you know what? Every year it gets better. And I, I don't know how that happens, but every year gets better. Um, well, I do know how that happens. And Christ, Christ is in it. You know, I've been a believer since I was 
15, but I didn't come into the knowledge of who I really was until, you know, it was four years ago in May uh, in, in Colorado Springs at, at, at the retreat. And, and Kevin, I just want to say, it, you know, all glory goes to God, but you and Delania and Tony and now Tony and Brooke, you guys have chosen to do the hard work of pressing in to the healing. And, you know, God doesn't just come while we're sleeping and do that. We have to show up. We have to take risks. We have to say yes and give consent to him. And I want to honor you both because you have done that and you're both experiencing the fruit of that. So definitely, as, as well as honoring your wives uh, because they're both incredibly deep, good, gracious, godly women. Final question. What would each of you say to someone who is wondering if this weekend is for them and whether uh, they should go? Ooh. So I get asked that a lot, actually, because, you know, a lot of guys will say, hey, what was the turning point for you? And uh, what's interesting is a lot of men live in communities where the community is not yet equipped to have the conversation on their own story, um, shame, the role of shame in our lives, uh, who the father is, where the father is, whether or not he's happy with me. You know, is he in a good mood? Um, can I open up about this? Will, will there be punishment waiting for me if I do? And a lot of communities in the U.S., especially where I live, are steeped in a lot of performance, um, more doing, more doing, more doing. And what I tell guys is, look, if you want, um, if you want to step into a slice of heaven, into a slice of where uh, the real conversation is happening, you might need to get out of town. And if you are willing to get out of town, you know, I have one guy in one weekend in one place uh, that I think you should go see, and there will be about 35 other men that are there willing to have the same conversation. And you can do it with anonymity. Um, you can plan way ahead in advance to do it. It's a safe place to do it. You, the worst of you and the best of you can come out and converge in the same place. And for a lot of guys, they breathe this sigh of relief when I tell them that because their own community, they feel like they can't do that in, which is not true, by the way. But we all need to learn how to have this conversation, right? Um, it's not something that comes innate. It has to be taught. Um, it has to be, in some ways, discipled, uh, communicated. And I think the, uh, you know, these intensive weekends are life changers. If I had not had one, I would still be counting index cards, each representing a day of sobriety. And I would be memorizing the Apocrypha at this point trying to fix, you know, my addiction. I would have gone, okay, I win the Old and New Testament. I'll try the Apocrypha now. Uh, maybe. Right. So um, I, I, I believe it is the uh, hatching place and the next, you know, kind of the um, the birthplace uh, where men's hearts can really come out and be who they were always meant to be, uh, where the heart can come out and flourish. It can come out and weep. Uh, every human emotion can be processed in a safe place with complete anonymity. And that, I, I don't know about you, Kevin, but I've not noticed that it stayed isolated. I didn't come back and, and go, well, that was great. I'm glad I journaled it all so I can go back and read it four years later. It just permeated oh. all my yeah. relationships and yeah. changed my community. So we operate differently in Lexington now because I got to be a part of this thing. So, Kevin, thank you, Tony. That's, I'm blessed by those words, and I think that's going to speak to men's hearts. So thank you. And, and, Kevin, what would you say as you're saying yes to Tony? What would you say to a man who's wondering if this weekend is for them? 
it, like, like Tony said, it was a turning point. It was a place where I think I was able to lay to rest the old man and become something new. It's the, the environment that's created, you know, it's not your typical retreat. There's no kumbaya. There's no worship band. You know, there's no uh, um, itinerary. Uh, small group, big group, getting together with guys, getting intimate with guys, which we're not, I mean, you mentioned intimacy with a guy. We're thinking, you know, you know, it involves some type of uh, touching and you know, and there may be some touching going on, at, at, you know, some big hugs get happening at the, at the retreat. But there, there was intimacy, real intimacy with other men, uh, and, and and that with, with the father, um, vulnerability, um, not just transparency where, where we're sharing, but vulnerability where guys were inviting other guys into their mess, you know. Um, guys, you, you become aware of your mess. There are guys that have, have lived through, in the small group that I was in, that have lived through, one guy, his brother, his sister, his mom, and dad had all committed suicide, and he didn't know where his brokenness lied. And Whoa. Like, are you, are you kidding me? And yet that's so common, right? We just compensate, and we go through life like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that, you know, that, 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 same, that same brother, you know, Tony, you talk about this. It wasn't just contained to that mountain. Uh, this came back. Uh, I went there with four of the brothers from, uh, from my group, and it, it was infectious. Uh, one of the guys from my small group lives in Kansas City, came to my 50th birthday party. I mean, that's, that's, that's the type of community we, we built there, and you bring that home with you. Wow. I mean, wow. It, was, it was just the best money spent. I, I, don't even, I don't even remember what it cost, but I would do it again and again yeah. if that's what it took to be, to be where I'm at. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Well, well, guys, I'm really, really grateful for your time and once again for sharing your hearts. I don't take that for granted. But, you know, what you both said uh, reminds me of the idea that at the Surfing for God Weekend Intensive, it's not about coming and learning tools to overcome your lust or your sin. Our, our tagline is really that we are helping men to learn how to live life differently and therefore to be able to find life that brings satisfaction and healing to our hearts. And let me remind you, Michael, you know, this, this celebration that we all got to have in L.A. together, you know, that only happens because you create a world and a scenario and a community in which guys like me can go there and begin to find freedom. And uh, I very much view what we were all a part of with Heart of Man as the beginning of something, uh, by no means the end. And I, I just wonder how many guys have something they're thinking about giving up on uh, that if they come there, they might find out it's actually a dream that God wants to revive and reshape and reform and give birth to. So I just wanted to thank you for uh, calling me that day and risking the liability of bringing Tony Anderson up to a mountain with steep cliffs and snow and ice where I could have fallen. <laughs> you know, I'm not very good on my feet. So I just wanted to thank you for creating that environment because it, it you know how it is. When the heart gets whole, everything around you benefits. And I think men, you told me that, that God wants men how they are because that's exactly what the world needs. And what I learned from that is, like, I'm not a liability. Tony Anderson is not a liability. My brokenness can cause deep, grave circumstances. It can cause a lot of pain. 
But when I walked out of there going, man, God may have actually made me to be a gift. And I can step into that vocationally and relationally. Like, I didn't, I didn't even have the courage to ask Brooke out at the time. And I'm sitting here in the car holding her hand right now. We're two years into marriage. And my heart is alive. And, and I'm a broken man, but my heart is alive. So thank you for creating that sacred space uh, for so many of us. Yes. Uh, I received that. Thank you. And um, I know you're both busy guys. You're both in different time zones. So thank you for your time. And uh, we'll just pray about all the men that God will lead to this weekend. So bless you. Amen. Thank Come you. on. Thank you. Love you, Tony. Love you. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Restoring the Soul with Michael John Cusick, produced by Brian Beatty and supported by generous listeners like you. To learn more about our life-changing intensive counseling process for couples and individuals, visit RestoringTheSoul.com. 